Hey, everybody, it's me, Donald Miller. And before we start today's episode, I have some big news. As of this month, Business Made Simple is officially part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. We are so honored to be part of the HubSpot family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Success Story with Scott D. Clary, Being Boss with Emily Thompson, and us. You can check out all of these shows and more at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Network. Every week on this show, we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Today, we're going to talk about the cockpit. We're going to talk about you as a leader leading your organization. You know, the decisions that you make leading a business can affect you for years to come. Most of us look for frameworks that teach us the right or wrong decisions to make in a given situation. I want to convince you today, and our guest wants to convince you, that that is a flaw in your thinking. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Tim Arnold. Tim is the author of a new book called Lead with And. Today, Tim and I are going to coach you through how to think like a leader. Tim, you've been able to articulate something that I didn't fully realize needed to be articulated. Uh, and that is that life is very nuanced, at times seemingly contradictory, and that as a leader, we need to hold what might seem to be opposing ideas in our minds at all times. You know, we talk to small business leaders on this podcast all the time. For example, a small business leader needs to understand it's all about the bottom line and it's all about culture <laughs> and seemingly at the same time. Uh, they need to understand that uh, uh, it's all about serving the customer and the customer is always right. And they need to understand that we have a fixed menu of products and services and we don't adapt them for anything. When that all sounds like, no, no, Don, it's either one or the other. But as you become a leader and build a business, you realize it's actually not. I mean, you, you have to have a nuanced ability to change your strategy walking into a given situation, which a lot of, makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But at the same time, I think it's a sign of intelligence. And uh, your book, Lead with And, walks us through those difficult dynamics. I'm curious as to why you thought it was important enough an issue to be able to nuance your thinking and to contextualize your thinking. You thought it was such an important issue, you would actually sit down and take a very long time a year to write a book about it. Well, thanks for, for having me and for asking that. That's, that's a great question because, I mean, I think, Don, it doesn't take uh, a lot of conversation for us to probably agree on the fact that we're pretty polarized in our world right now. And we could talk all about the polarization of, you know, views and politics, but it's beyond that. And, and really with this book, I was recognizing as I coach leaders and work with small business owners, you have these folks that have amazing intention. They're willing to take on responsibility. They really are driven to make the world a better place in their unique way. But often I would find one of two things would happen. Either they would just get bitter 
So they'd stay in the game, but just that joy, that passion, you know, they'd have a good face for, uh, you know, the press or whoever they're talking to. But behind the scenes, it's like, wow, you're just, you kind of lost that, that, that joy that you once had, or they just tap out. You know, they're like, you know what? It's just not worth it. And I believe that there's lots of reasons for that. I'm convinced the primary reason is that so many business owners and leaders just do not have the ability to go beyond the kind of foundational either or approach to leadership. Explain the either or approach. Uh, an either or approach leader looks like what? Well, it looks like almost all of us, Don, because we're conditioned <laughs> to be either or thinkers. You know, I remember I was never strong at athletics, but I get picked for a team and it's like, oh, I got to show up well because this team's either going to win or lose. And I want to be in the winning team. You know, I'm an accountant by trade. You didn't maybe know that, but I, I've got a lot of educational training that says you better pick the right answer. You better get this right. You know, I would even be raised in a faith tradition that would say, hey, there's kind of a right side and a wrong side, and you better be on the right side. So all of those things develop us to say, okay, in every challenge I'm facing, there's going to be kind of an either a right answer or a wrong answer, either a good approach or a bad approach, and I'd better land on the right side. Well, here's the thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> if we didn't have that foundational either or right, wrong, good, bad ability, we wouldn't make it through the day. It's just incomplete. So you're not saying there's not a right or wrong or not a right way to do things. or You're not saying that at all. Not at all. And in fact, as leaders, as business owners, the vast majority of challenges that come our way are right and wrong. Pick the right answer, be done with it. These are problems that are solvable. What you mentioned, though, in your opening comment is, the more we tackle hard things, the more that we really set our goals high, we recognize, oh, some things aren't quite that simple. This is complex. This isn't a either or. This isn't an, this is actually both. And, you know, I'll be honest, Don, I work with leaders all over the world. It is such an underdeveloped skill set in leadership to say, okay, I'm going to identify this is not a problem to solve. This is a tension. This is a both and. And I've got to learn to embrace that. I've got to, as I say, I got to learn to lead with and because that's how I'm actually going to break through the next level. Let me give you, let me give the listener an example of what we're talking about. Earlier today, I met with a university president and I went in just to seed a conversation about bringing our frameworks onto the campus and teaching our entrepreneurial frameworks to a group of business students. My end goal would have been a, bachelor's degree in business made simple's entrepreneur frameworks. Is this university interested in creating a partnership? If I would have gone in with a yes or no approach, the answer would have been no. Uh, that's not going to happen. Immediately, though, the president said, well, you know, if we're trying to reach young men sitting around smoking pot in their parents' basement playing video games, they don't have the money or the grades to get into this place. What would you think of a six-month program that's a certification Then after that certification, they could potentially on-ramp to actually get a degree? His answer to my question then is no. But the reality is that's a better solution <laughs> to the problem I actually want to fix that I never thought of and never thought was a possibility. So because I had an and way of thinking, we were able to throw the ball around and come up with a lot better ideas that hopefully someday will happen. Uh, but 
That's this. That's the sort of thing you're talking about, right? You don't shut down because you had an expectation that's not being met. And that either or generally limits you to a binary outcome. It's either going to be what you want or what I want, and you limit all those other options like what you're talking about today. The problem is we think there's one yes and one no, and there may be 47 yeses. Yeah. And, 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 so, and here's what's really cool, Don, is if you're a leader that can lead with and. So assume that you're not going to walk into every room where people are going to meet you with this both and approach, but you're going to lead with that. You're going to invite people into the fact that, you know, I bet we have way more common ground than things we disagree on. Well, once we can establish that common ground and you can lead that, all of a sudden these ideas start to flow. And, and we start to realize that, wow, there's things that we didn't even really think about before this conversation um, that are bigger and better. Um, and it really takes, you know, you to, to, as I said earlier, in a world that's quite polarized and overdone in this either or approach, to be that person that can say, no, 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 this is a situation where it's both and. So let's have a conversation on what's possible. You know, unpredictability is part of what makes starting and growing a business both exciting and let's be honest, terrifying. From the next loan payment to your next big sale or your next acquisition, finding predictability in business is about as likely as finding a last minute Valentine's Day dinner reservation. It is unlikely. A HubSpot CRM platform, though, is here to help you grow and scale with you through uncertainty so you can spend your time getting to that dinner reservation. HubSpot's reporting dashboard is like your crystal ball, giving you a bird's eye view on your marketing, sales, and customer service performance. You can get ahead of any issue before they happen. And shared inboxes make incoming chats and emails easy to manage and scale for everybody. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. When you think about growing your business, you probably think about marketing, you think about sales. I want you to think about something else. I want you to think about the products that you sell. One new product, one new idea, one new package of existing products one new set of products could actually dramatically increase your revenue. Maybe you need something new to sell. If you do not have a framework for creating new products or auditing your existing products, join me this Thursday, February 17th, for our next live coaching event on how to create profitable products. I am going to give you ideas, ideas that will make you money. Listen, it's only $275 to register. Plus, if you register, you get a subscription to Business Made Simple, which includes all of our other live coaching events. That's 12, 12 different live coaching events every year, plus all of our on-demand courses. Let me give you some ideas about new products that you can create and sell. Register at businessmadesimple.com slash live. Businessmadesimple.com slash live. And now back to the show. There are chapters in the book that break down the, the importance of nuanced thinking in certain categories. You talk about becoming optimistic and realistic. You talk about embracing change and preserving stability, becoming profit-focused and purpose-driven, having expectations and extending grace, care for others and care for yourself, becoming confident and remaining humble. These seem like contradictions 
how do you get around somebody going, well, you can't be both confident and humble. You can't be both profit-driven and you know, purpose-driven. Or, you, or, or, or more importantly, you can't be more, both optimistic and realistic. How do you get around the binary thinker who comes to you and says, that's all lovely, but it's not true, Tim? <laughs> well, I'd say, first of all, just breathe. Because I think our <laughs> breathing shows us that you can actually inhale and exhale. And in fact, if you don't do both well, you know, you're going to get blue in the face pretty fast. I would say, Don, with, and I mean, there's a long, long list of, of tensions that leaders have to navigate. These six, I believe, especially knowing your audience, if you're trying to build a business, if you're trying to scale things, you are going to encounter these tensions. I, I guarantee it. And here's the other guarantee. If you choose a side and overdo that either or approach. So you talk about optimistic, realistic. So you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to just, be, we're going to be all about optimism. It's about as effective as inhaling and holding it. Hmm. It'll work for a bit, but I guarantee you within a little bit of time, all those benefits of optimism are gone. And now you're living in this place of rose-colored glasses, not being prepared, people not trusting you. And the same as that person say, no, and again, I, I'm an accountant by trade. I I am expected to be a realist and I hold on to that reality testing. But if all I do is live in that space to the neglect of optimism, I will not sustain the benefits of, of realism. So what I've got to learn, and here's the thing, I am not talking about watering down each side and living in this kind of mediocre middle. Yeah. saying do both fully over time. And sometimes I'll do that on my own and sometimes I'm going to do it with my team. But it's like, no, we're going to get all the benefits of optimism and all the benefits of realism. I mean, one that every organization seems to struggle with is how do we embrace change, innovate, goodness, in the last two years, pivot, the most overused word other than you're on mute. How do we pivot, change, <laughs> all those things. But if I don't at the same time hold on to stability, make sure that we capture and, and at all costs preserve what works, what does change on result in? Hey, we're done. All of a sudden there's confusion in the market. It's not positive change. It's chaos. It's, it's our team culture is gone. So how are we going to hold on to stability while we at the same time embrace all the benefits of change and innovation? Tim, let's get to a practical example. You know, we've got a lot of people listening. COVID has hit us. Uh, the economy is doing weird things. You know, our vendor relationships are weird. Our shipping is weird. Inflation is hitting us. And in the midst of this, running a company they have been pulled to take care of everybody else around them who is freaking out and they haven't had time to freak out and it's it's burning them out. How can you both care for all of our customers, all of our people, and also for yourself? Because a lot of people would think in binary, you know, my job is to be the leader and help somebody else and always eat last and, uh, you know, these things that people tell us to do. Uh, and it's a great example. And Don, in the last two years, I've probably had more people ask me about this specific tension than any others. How do you have time to take care of yourself when your whole world is taking care of others, not just clients and team? I've got kids doing homeschool in the basement and I've got you know a partner teaching in the office beside me. How do I take any time for myself? The great news is this, and, and I, I really think it's important to stress, it's not about meeting in the middle. It's not saying, okay, I need to somehow get half of my day about me so that half of it's about others. It's not about proportion. It's Am I focusing on both sides enough to get all the value? And here's what I wow. found, Don. Wow. If you could somehow even get 10 minutes a day 
that you said, I am going to fight for that 10 minutes for me and focus on something for you that is meaningful. So don't get caught up in what Instagram tells you you need to do. Meaningful for you and manageable. It works in your schedule. By you carving out 10 minutes a day for you, I guarantee that time that you're investing in saving everyone around you, you will be so much more effective doing it. For me, I mean, I know it sounds really simple, but as COVID has resulted in me spending most of my time in this nine by nine studio, you know, there's certain walks I do every day around the block. I've told myself once a week, once a week, I'm going fishing just once. And often it's down the road for 20 minutes. But what I found is that just fuels me up so I am ready to take care of other people. And sometimes I would imagine there's ways you can take care of yourself that are mutually beneficial. Absolutely. Let's go for a walk or let's make the staff event this thing that I like doing. Well, and that's just, I mean, as simple as that is, Don, when, when you know you've got attention to manage, whether it's profit, purpose, you know, care for self, care for the others, when you know the, when you have the language, it's like, am I over-focusing on one side to the other? Because if I am, I'm feeling it. Something's off. And it's like, I don't have to, I don't have to pendulum swing and now be all about the other. I just got to make sure I do something to really make sure that the side that's off gets what it needs. And that might be something as simple as 10 minutes a day of focus, but we're going to do our best to make sure this, this tension, it's breathing real well. You know, what's interesting about your way of thinking here that, is, that has also been a great benefit to me is that it's, it's taught me to sort of um, have very high expectations and never look back if I don't meet them because yesterday doesn't even exist. Hmm. Literally, it's been one of the greatest epiphanies of my life is yesterday doesn't exist. It did, but now it doesn't. It's gone. It's not, it's not in time. You're not going to get it back. So in other words... I, you know, I needed to, to finish a book by the end of the month. Uh, my daughter had a head cold, so I was up half the night rocking her. I got that head cold. I did not get the book done. The binary part of me would have said, that's a failure. It's going to cost you in the future. It's going to whatever. But the part of me that thinks and was, and you can keep going and you can find any time that you can, and we can continue to make progress. And the reality is it's going to be three weeks late and none of that's going to matter when the book comes out. So instead of shaming myself and considering it a failure, there was a sense of, no, didn't meet expectations, adjust expectations extremely quickly and keep moving forward. It is such a great example because one of the key leadership tensions is, can I have high expectations and high levels of grace and acceptance and not a little bit of both, but super high levels of both. So if you're leading a team, I want high expectations on that team and I'm going to have equally high levels of grace. I'll tell you this, Don, I don't believe leaders can do that effectively if they can't do it with themselves. So if mm. you're not a leader who has got high expectations on yourself around what that book's going to look like and when it's going to be done, and at the same time, the ability to say, and I didn't finish yesterday and that's okay. I'm not throwing out the expectations. They're still there. I'm giving myself grace right now though. And if you can live in that space of super high expectations and grace towards yourself, you will extend that to others and people will want to work on your team and people will want to work really hard for you and for the company. It, it, it has to start with yourself. So I love that you're, you're navigating that personally. Here's another one that everybody listening to, listening to this podcast uh, can resonate with. People pleasing and holding people accountable 
or people pleasing and telling the truth uh, about a given situation. A lot of people would say, well, I'm a people pleaser and they shame themselves for it. I, I think it, it's, it's pretty related to uh, a tension between truthfulness and tactfulness. And as a leader, I'm going to be both. And I'd say based on the season, based on the relationship, it's going to look different depending. And there's certain times where I'm going to be incredibly weighted on truth and I might actually hold back some of the tact and that's okay. And there are other times where I realize that, you know what, I've got to, for a variety of reasons, focus more on the tactfulness. And even though I could easily walk away and say, well, I just told Don what he had, it's just truthful. Well, that's not okay. If I blew you out of the water or if I gave you something that you weren't ready to deal with, who's winning there? So what I want to be is a leader that's both truthful and tactful, and that's going to be situational. And I know that's hard because we want the formula. I want the, the seven habits or I want that list. With, with these tensions, it's, it's not that easy. I can tell you that truth and tact is never going to go away for you as a leader. And if you're going to be an effective communicator, if you're going to be an effective friend, if you're going to be an effective team leader, you'd better be both truthful and tactful. But what that looks like today may look different next week. And what that looks like with one colleague may look different than another colleague, and that's called leadership. You know, one, one of the things that, that you really helped me understand was that going into a situation looking for the right way to deal with it is actually inferior to going into a situation and looking for a wise way to deal mm. with it. Because there may be 25 wise ways. And by just looking for a wise way to deal with this, I open myself up to so many other possibilities that may be, in fact, contextual. I think this book, it teaches us to be wise. I think right now we are living in a, a culture that is so obsessed with being right. Uh, we, we're willing to give up wisdom. We're willing to give up care. We're willing to actually give up a lot of things that are really sad. Um, and, you know, especially knowing that a lot of, challenges we're facing doesn't have one right way. You know, like I said earlier, that's kind of a lazy way of thinking. It's bigger than that. There's actually a few rights and those rights can live together. So the idea of saying, you know, more than just being right in the moment, I want to be wise in how I approach this decision and how I approach this person. Um, I, I love that you put it that way. Tim, lead with and. Thank you for coming on today. Lead with And is the book that you want to go get. Tim Arnold has been a friend for a long time, a great friend to our company, and somebody who has taught me how to think uh, at a much higher level. Tim, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. I really enjoyed that conversation with Tim. I've known Tim a long time, and we've sat around talking for a lot of hours. Uh, and uh, he has, you know, he really helped me understand that the way I was approaching my business and to some degree the way I was approaching life um, wasn't wrong. You know, I mean, you get criticized when you're open-minded. Uh, you get criticized for even considering ideas that don't align with your particular tribe. I've become pretty convinced that most people actually don't seek truth. What they seek is information that helps them survive and often information that helps them survive is not information that is true. It's information that a group of people have all decided to believe, and our survival comes from our association with that group of people rather than actually the truth of the or the merit of the idea. Think about that for a second. Do you really believe what you believe because you've done due diligence 
and figured out uh, whether or not this is the best possible thing for yourself and for humanity, or do you believe what you believe because uh, you are surrounded by people that you are close to who believe this idea, and in order to stay connected to them, which by the way is very much associated with your survival, you subscribe to that idea without even thinking about it. I, I think 99% of people, it's the latter. We actually choose to believe things because we're around a group of people who believe those things, and we we seek our safety and security and community. Is that bad? Yeah, it's not bad if you want to survive. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? I mean, if I've got to believe a bunch of lies and convince myself some lies are true in order to be uh, aligned with a group of people who can help me live, it seems like a wise thing to do if your goal is survival. However, that sort of thinking closes us off to truth and solutions uh, that we could subscribe to. And I really think that, by the way, Tim doesn't, you know, he's not a conservative or a liberal or anything. He's just literally teaching you about life. And life is, whether we like it or not, complicated. So at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. This one was tough, by the way. How do you, how do you turn this into practical steps? Plan of action is, you know, main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. Today's plan of action is this, and it's not something that Tim and I talked about in the episode, but if we would have tried to figure out how to do this practically, it would have, it would have probably come to this. The next problem that you are dealing with, write down five solutions to that problem. Five, not two, not three, five potential solutions to that problem. Why five? Because it's going to teach you that there are not binary right and wrong solutions to every problem. There's not a right way and a wrong way. It's going to teach you that there's more than a couple things you can do. In other words, you are training yourself to expand your thinking and check your blind spot and check over here under the couch cushions, the, the metaphorical couch cushions, to look behind the curtains, to go out and search for solutions beyond the automatic, simplistic thinking that binary, binary approaches get you into. If you can train your mind to do that, imagine all the options that you have as a leader. Imagine all the options that you have in life. So many people are walking around blind, totally blind to the solutions that they can have because the frameworks with which they see life, which is, again, let me, let me say it again, the frameworks through which you see life, the filter through which you see life is almost assuredly a filter that aligns you with a group of people that gives you a sense of security. Is there truth to it? Sure, there might be truth to it. But at the point where you hear some disagreement to that truth or there's a disruption to that truth, you turn off your brain and continue to believe it. Why? Because I'm going to associate with this group of people. That's costing you money. It's costing you peace of mind. It's costing you freedom. It's costing you innovation. Innovation happens, by the way, when you when you break away from that confirmation bias and you see things other people don't see. Tim, thanks for writing the book. The book is Lee Bethan. Thanks for taking our intelligence to a higher level. If you have a business and you are struggling to grow and you feel stuck and you're not sure what to do next, but you know you've got potential, you go to mybusinessreport.com and fill out our assessment. You'll receive a free detailed report on the health of your business. It's going to help you identify any weak spots in your airplane and give you customized plans on how to fix it. Thousands of business leaders have already done it. 
and are saying it's one of the most valuable free tools for growing your business out there on the internet. Just go to mybusinessreport.com and get your customized plan to fix your business today. Well, thank you as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you next week.